0: Hey, everyone. This is Sambul Siddiqui. I'm the mayor of Cambridge.
1: And I'm Alana Mellon, vice mayor. And this is our podcast, Women Are Here. Welcome. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It is impossible to imagine that this week was just one week. I know. <laughs> Everybody I know is like, how is this week still happening? How is it only January 14th?
0: This is the longest, uh, it feels like the longest month.
1: I mean, January is always the longest month ever, right? Cause there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing fun about it. It's freezing cold, but this one is just
0: especially terrible. Yeah. The only thing getting me through it, or well, one of the only free th- things is TV.
1: <laughs> okay. So let's do it. What have you been watching?
0: So I started Yellow Jackets, which is the Christina Ricci's in it. That's like the oh, she was her like Casper. from the Adams family. Yeah, and Casper. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's in this, she's really good. Um, and like the young actress who plays her is, is phenomenal. But anyway, it's kind of like a female like version, Lord of the Flies-esque, and there's a team that It's a soccer team and it's a high school soccer team. They crash in the middle of some wilderness in Canada and stuff happens on the Island. And then there's flashbacks to the, the the girls that made it out alive and like, yeah, so it's good so far. I started, it's a little scary. So, um, but I think you'll like it. It's all like, there's a lot of like, I think there's some blood in it. Um,
1: Which you know, I love.
0: It's gonna get real gruesome, so definitely start it so you can <laughs> you can watch.
1: So this sounds like a show that I would like, not one that you would like. You like shows about friendship and happiness and drama, um, so I'm I'm curious that you're into this. Is it what is it on Showtime? What's the channel? It's on
0: Hulu, it's on Hulu. It's okay. a Showtime show, but you can stream it on Hulu. So oh, okay, I'm using then- someone's Hulu account to <laughs> to watch it.
1: I have my own. I have my own. Don't worry.
0: You're, you're a real adult because you have your own for everything.
1: I do. I mean, it's true. Do.
0: <laughs> Someday
1: Sumble, you will also have your own streaming services that you pay for. Um, exactly. yeah, It's like an aspirational goal. And I look forward to that day for you. I really do. Um, I have to tell you. So on Monday night, we had that meeting that was a hundred thousand hours long and it ended it. Mm-hmm whatever midnight and you know what I did as I watched the Insecure series finale and just cried my face off it was so good and I'm so sad to say goodbye to all those characters Issa Kelly especially (laughs) um but just watching them all like grow and they did a really good job with the last episode I thought
0: they did they did and you know how I feel about shows ending I still mourn friends ending (laughs) Which is dumb. Anyway, I always mention that. But Insecure, it was such a good finale. I was texting with a bunch of my friends. And we were like, oh, my God, did you watch? Did you watch? How cute was this? How sweet was this? Did you cry here? I'm like, yeah, I cried. There. Yeah, I cried. Definitely cried. And I'm so excited. You were right about Kelly getting her own show. She was <gasps> phenomenal. I can't wait. That actress mean, is great.
1: She's so funny. And it would have been such a huge miss not to have her get her own show. Because I have to say... Was she doing like writing this season or was she doing
0: some directing? Like she-, she did do some directing, yeah. Natasha Rothwell. She's just she's just too good. And um we're I'm just really glad she's getting she's been a writer, she's been like a producer and a director, and um I think now she's going to do all that for her own for another show she'll star on. So excited about that.
1: My I feel like my most often sent um diff lately is her being like everyone I associate with is thriving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's at that party with Lawrence and he's like, how's uh Isa? And she's like, everyone I associate with is thriving. It's just <laughs> so perfect. It was the most perfect quote. So yeah, I'll miss that show. It was just such a such an amazing uh show about friendship, about growth, about um love, love um so many things. Um I, I feel like I watched, a an earlier episode for some reason, I feel like I was just like flipping channels and it was on and Issa Rae it is, just looks so different. Um, now. Yeah. it's like, whatever, five or six years later, everybody just looks so much more grown up and I don't know. Anyways, I loved it. If, you, if our listeners, if you haven't seen insecure, I would definitely encourage you to go
0: back and start it from the beginning. There's five seasons and, um, I, I really just last thought on this is it's like I just don't think they the show got enough credit, you know, um awards wise, other things wise. I think Issa Rae's been nominated a few times here and there. Um, but never like no Emmys, no Golden Globes, and I'm just but like really horrible shows like Emily in Paris and other things have been nominated. Anyway, that's just my I'm like I, I want them to get the recognition and I think it'll come eventually but I just I think it's been such an underrated show so yeah please so please watch
1: everyone should watch talk about it enjoy it um okay so TV is getting us through because we have, (laughs) we still have this Omicron variant that is uh, running through all of our communities. And so I guess we'll get to those updates now. Uh, Our Cambridge case trends for the week ending Saturday, January 8th, there were uh, over 2,500 new confirmed Cambridge cases, which is a seven day average of 301 confirmed cases per 100,000 residents. Remember when we were freaking out when it was 25 cases? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. yeah. but um the good news actually we got some really good news this week that there was a pretty sharp decline in the COVID-19 wastewater levels in the greater Boston areas um so that is usually an early indication that those infections may have peaked in the region so that was my one glimmer of hope I, and I think everybody um this week on Twitter was like oh my god the
0: <laughs> somebody yeah put-
1: so many people talk about poop nowadays. It's so <laughs> uh, but for the test positivity from December 26 to January 8th, which is the most available uh, data from the Mass Department of Public Health, the test positivity po- percentage rate was uh, 9% out of 46,000 tests of Cambridge residents. Uh, the state's positivity percentage during this period was 21%. So Cambridge had the third highest rate of testing in the Commonwealth for this two-week period but we're still you know 10 percent less than the the state's positivity average so good job Cambridge great job keeping those uh those case rates down.
0: Yes definitely and as of this week Massachusetts COVID-19 hospitalizations rates actually now exceed those at the peak of the last winter surge so this combined with admissions for other illnesses and hospital staffing shortages this has really put a huge strain on Massachusetts healthcare systems, including here in Cambridge. Uh, and in the Metro West region, which includes Cambridge, 96% of non-ICU beds were occupied and 88% of ICU beds were occupied as of Thursday, January 13th. And I hope that we'll see, I think that peak is going to be coming for hospitals at some point, but at this point it's, you know, whatever you can do to not um, burden our hospitals is key. Uh, we in Cambridge are continuing our testing program. We had about, from January 1st to the 12th, um, over 11,000 tests were administered at cities uh, operated testing sites for an average of about 1,500, uh, almost 1,600 actually tests per testing day in January to date. And uh, in addition, a total of uh, almost 1,600 tests were administered at the CIC health testing site from January 7th uh, to 13th. And this week, um, peak demand testing volumes and wait times decreased at the city's testing sites. I know you were telling me about that. Um, you had went and you, had, you didn't have to wait. Um, most residents, it seems, were able to walk up to be tested with minimal to no waiting. Uh, so next week, the city's testing sites will return to their regular hours with CFD. And pro-EMS, uh, being able to scale up staffing and extend hours if increased volumes are seen.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I went on Monday to Cambridge side and waited. I got there, you know, a half hour before they started. And then I waited an hour to get through the line and then went yesterday uh, to Cambridge side and I walked up got a test and walked out. Like I was in and out of the Camberside mall um, in eight minutes. It was crazy. And um, I have been hearing, you know, St. John's the night before was, um, you know, same thing, just walking up. So it's hard to tell if people are staying away because they're like, I can't wait in those lines anymore. Or if, you know, it's a combination of, you know, people don't need it to travel, to see family, to go back to work, to go back to school, right? Like there was a, a lot of things around the holidays where people needed an actual PCR test for like to get on a plane to see your grandma. Um, and because, you know, those things aren't happening necessarily in the doldrums of January, as we have just already talked about, <laughs> if, if that's part of it, or, um, I don't know. I, I, it was very nice to go back to that. Um, cause for so long, our testing was, you, you know, you kind of walked in, you walked out, no big deal. You got your results in less than 24 hours and it was easy peasy. Uh, but um, yeah that yeah the weeks has been
0: so nuts I've been using the um, CIC health appointments and just I've been doing that and I will say folks have feedback on CIC health and that testing site and location people have like emailed me and I there's a point person at CIC who has been very responsive to particular things and um, one of the things that they are doing the space that the CIC health one in Kendall is quite small. I remember it used to be a cafe. I don't know if you ever went to that cafe, but it's like, they're going to expand the space in there so it doesn't feel as tight because one of the things was it's so it's kind of tight. So anyway, I just say that, like, email me if you have any questions about their site, other things. There's going to be some changes coming. Um, and I'm glad we have that option. Um, and I'm glad we really have the... Our testing sites uh, uh, in Cambridge. I know that you know few few cities have the access to testing right now that Cambridge offers.
1: I have to say it is amazing. I I'll just be honest that we have a COVID positive case in our house, and the the access to the PCR testing has been actual godsend um, for the rest of us who are concerned about whether or not we are now positive mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's been just a real, you know, it puts your mind at ease um to be able to just every couple of days go and get a PCR test and make sure that you're still negative. Um so yeah. yeah. And I know um I've been hearing from a lot of people. I mean, everybody I know has a COVID positive case in their house right now, especially if you have a a a, you know, a kid in school. It just seems like this has yeah. just been getting hit really hard. Um, so everybody has been really grateful for that testing and that peace of mind. So um, speaking of uh, moving from testing to to vaccines, uh, as of January 11th, 89% of Cambridge residents have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and 75% of residents were fully vaccinated. Additionally, 41% of residents had received their booster dose. Um, so really getting those boosters. I know when you go to um Timberside to get tested, you can just get a booster. You can, it's just a different line and there's never anybody waiting. So get those boosters. I know they just opened it up for 12 to 15 year olds last week. And um the CHA uh office over next to Target in Somerville has everyday after school hours. So you can go grab your kid uh, and take them over to get. Their booster shot. We got to get those booster shots up, especially if we're um, as we're moving into the next phase of hopefully um, and out of Omicron. So get those boosters, people. That's my thing.
0: Definitely get those boosters on Monday, uh, January seventeenth, and then on Thursday, January twentieth, we're offering both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines and the and boosters. So just a reminder: those eighteen and older can mix and match vaccines, and those twelve in order can. A 12 and older can receive Pfizer only. The appointments are available online and walk-ins are welcome as well. So definitely go get boosted. If you have questions, please do reach out to us.
1: Yeah, so that's, all right. So that's our COVID update. We also had a our first city council meeting of the new term on Monday night, and it was a long one. I think there were fully three hours of uh, public comment most focused on a couple of policy orders that had to do with um, the bike lanes that have gone in now on North Mass Ave from Airline Parkway Parkway to Dudley. And also um, as they roll out, these policy orders were on the agenda uh, for last December, our last meeting in the last term, and they were uh, charter written. That's not the right term, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. Councilor Zondervan exercised what's called his charter right, which moves any new business into the next uh, regular business meeting of the city council. So we um, had a couple of of policy orders that were on uh, specifically relating to outreach and um, the formation of an advisory committee Um, for any new uh, segment of the of the city that is gonna be receiving uh, bike lanes. So it was Councillor Simmons and Councillor Toomey who had put this forward in December. And um, we did, myself, you and Councillor McGovern, put in some amendments that we really felt like would strengthen it. Um, The the proposed amendments recognize that we had already put in a policy order in December, on December 6th, on my birthday. Uh, that asked for a standardized process for both pre- and post-implementation of any of the bike lanes uh, with strategies around community engagement. And then that really important follow-up with stakeholders um, that really ensures that responsive post-implementation strategy so that the process is iterative. The advisory committee, um, our amendment, asked for people that were already serving on boards and commissions that were related so the pedestrian committee the bicycle committee the transit committee um, that this advisory committee would already be would be made up of people that would already had committed to serve the city so that um, amendment did pass on Monday night so this now it's off to the city manager and will um, come back as a report on January 31st of what that advisory council uh, or committee could look like as well as the report back from the policy order from December that asked for a real uh, stakeholder pre and post uh, community engagement process. So that was one big policy order. And then there was another policy order that asked the city manager to convene meetings between his office, traffic and parking, and the heads of the neighborhood business associations and neighborhood associations, housing authority senior builders and make sure that those stakeholders were given the opportunity to collaborate on devising new plans that would inform the city's approach going forward on bike lanes um there was not it didn't seem like there was going to be support to pass that um policy order as written and then at the same time the city council members all separately met with uh members of the north cambridge community residents businesses um stakeholders, just to talk about uh, the the bike lanes on North Mass Ave and things that could be tweaked to really help out uh, the businesses and the residents as they are working through this new um, infrastructure on their streets. So for example, uh, we've added all this metered parking on side streets, but people who are coming to businesses who are used to the parking out front don't realize that they're on the side streets, so adding additional signage. We also have 15 uh, minute parking in the bus lanes and the dedicated bus lanes on off peak hours and you know the, the community is that really asking you know could it be 30 minutes could it be longer um just to accommodate those uh, folks who are coming and patronizing the businesses along that stretch so we brought an amended order um, to really be responsive to those conversations and ask the city to have those conversations with stakeholders and really look at um you know, what has happened there and if there are those small tweaks that can happen to make it a a life a little bit easier for some of the folks who live and work along that stretch of of Mass Avenue. It was a very long and, uh, you know, sometimes challenging conversation, but it seems like, you know, with the amendments um, and the substitute amendment, we all kind of got to a place where I think people were, they had felt heard, they feel like there's a plan going forward and um, I look forward to the city manager's report uh, on the 31st on all of these things so that was a really long <laughs> that was the I think right the bulk of the meeting yeah yeah you
0: you get the that was a book after the three hour the hours of public comment and the COVID-19 update we also had had a communication to the city council around committee assignments and you know, those committee assignments, the The process behind those committee assignments is essentially, I chat with most of the all of the council about, you know, where they'd like to be a uh, a chair and based on their interests. And so there's usually the, the process as folks may request five, you know, or six uh, committees they want to be on. Some people want to be chairs of you know, X number of, of committees. And so it's really a process of looking at folks' strengths and looking at the work of that particular committee in putting them together. So I'm glad those are out of the way. Um, and same on the school committee side, um, those are also done, they're really, uh, the the vice chair plays a role in, in that. Uh, so I worked uh, closely with Rachel in doing those and those are we're going to be voting on those next week we also did a i did appointments for family policy council uh and you will be back on
1: back on uh, for my um i think this is my eighth year in a row
0: yes yes uh so that's exciting and then we have school committee member we're Ocury, Bobby, and fred fantini as well so that's what happened um there were uh I think this week, a few other meetings I had last night, uh, virtual budget hearings for the community at seven and eight p.m. They were not well attended, unfortunately. I think we, you know, I think there's just fatigue, (laughs) but there were, I think it was funny because I I think the people who joined, they were getting a lot of like focused attention. but also we are putting people on the spot. So like it was, yeah. So there'll be more opportunities to learn about the budget and all that. But I think it was great to have Dr. Greer and the team do like, hey, this is the budget and this is what, you know, these are the leading questions. And, um, but yeah, I'll keep everyone posted on that process as it is out, ongoing. Um And then we didn't have any hearings this week. What else happened? There was the event that, we had talked about last week at the libraries with Clint Smith. Did you happen to, did you start reading that book?
1: I did not start reading the book and I tried to sign on to the event. Um, but by the time I got my registration link from the library, it was like just too late. So I missed it, but I, it was, t- it was recorded, right? I can watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was recorded. It was over like 200, 250 oh, I bet. attendees. It was really, it was really good. I I, I haven't read the books, but I'm that's on next on my list. So I'm actually reading Heavy right now from Casey Lehman, who was at last year's I'm OK event. <laughs> I don't know if you read his book, but he was our headliner last, last year. I feel like um, we mean, talk
1: about the books that you read as much as we talk about shows that we watch. Like I, Every time I talk to you, you're like, I'm reading this great book, this great nonfiction book. And I'm, I'm just always in awe that you have time to read.
0: I mean, I really don't. I made it a resolution, and then and said, okay, I have to start actually reading, and so back um, up. And I'm I'm reading the new Jim Crow, oh, and, and heavy. Anyway, we should maybe one, do one podcast and start it with like the books that you read, <laughs> so people think I read. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have some upcoming meetings next week, right?
1: Yeah. So I speaking of committee assignments, I am the uh, chair of the Government Operations Rules and Claims Committee, which um, we have two meetings this week. The first meeting is on Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m., and that's about our city council rules and whether or not any members would like to change or amend any of our city council rules. So that is a very exciting meeting, usually. Um, that's, like I said, Tuesday from 2 to 4. And then on Wednesday, we're getting um, an update on the city manager search which is kicking off people. So that's uh, one to three, both of those are gonna be virtual and you can sign up to, to watch those either live or you can always just look on our, um, our archive and, and look at those. But we're, I'm hoping to have some real conversations around the timeline, um, around community engagement and next steps so that people uh, have a clear understanding of where we are, where we're trying to go and when we're gonna get there. So that's this week. And then I just did, did want to flag, it's not this week, but the following week, in case people want to put it in their calendars, there is a Porter Square meeting, um, which is going to be a meeting about the next segment of um, the Cambridge uh, bike lanes going to be put in. So those bike lanes will be are being planned for uh, Mass Ave in Porter Square from Beach Street to Roseland. Um, and that those lanes are going to be uh, implemented by April 31st of this year. So those community meetings are keep getting kicked off. And what is gonna be happening at those meetings, I just talked to Joe Barr this morning, is they're gonna be providing general information about the cycling safety ordinance, which um, you know, dictates that the city will be putting in 22.6 miles of protected bike infrastructure between now and 2026. They're also gonna really talk about the constraints and opportunities along that. It's a really small quarter. It's really that the intersection at Quarter Square. Um, and then they're gonna share some various options with the community. I think um, this is the way that they have been rolling out the, the segments that I've seen, except for along North Mass Ave, where they are like, here's some options. How does the community feel? And then they kind of go back to the drawing board and they have another meeting. And they're like, we heard what you said. So, and then they're, they're really going to hopefully be giving a, an opportunity to ask questions about the plan. Cause I think people are going to have a lot of questions. It's a really, it's a, a really unique intersection. If you think about, you know, you're at that light by the Porter square um, T station, you know, you go left onto Somerville Avenue or you keep going straight onto Mass Ave. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of lanes, there's a lot happening there. And then the the bridge actually right there by where Brugger's Bagels used to be and where that new hotel is, um, where Walden is, that's actually owned by the state. It's a DCR bridge, so it's not even the city of Cambridge. So there's some constraints there that we're trying to work with that are just a little bit tricky. So if you want to um, check that out, I will tweet out the link because it is very long.
0: It's a long link.
1: That's a very long link.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's, we'll uh,
1: yeah, that's January 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. So again, not next week, but the week after, but just in case people want to put that on their calendars.
0: And something else to share, some some other news, the City of Cambridge Scholarship Program is marking its 30th anniversary. Wow. And this week, yeah. We launched the application process for the program. And uh, this scholarship fund provides financial assistance to college-bound high school senior, seniors and other residents who wish to pursue uh, post-secondary uh, education. And so um, you can actually, for the first time uh, in the program's history, submit your application online at Go <laughs> <laughs> For real? Uh, yeah. CambridgeMA.gov slash city scholarship. In 2021, the city awarded 80 scholarships of three grand each for a total of $250,000. Since the program's inception in 1993, uh, the city has awarded over, it's about 1,188 scholarships, totaling 2.9 million. So this is upcoming. The deadline will be here before we know it. It's March 7th. 2022.
1: So I just have to know, like previous to this year for 29 years, people would have to drop off like a paper
0: application. Yep. And you can like get a mail mail in of application and yeah.
1: Okay. So this year for the 30th anniversary, we are going digital.
0: Digital baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Okay. Anyway, okay, so moving on, um, it has been very cold outside. And as we know, um, many of our unhoused residents uh, need to seek shelter, uh, in, especially in the evening when it gets when those temperatures really dip. We've got a network of homeless service providers and faith-based partners that coordinate you know, efforts during these really extreme weather conditions. If you do see someone out on the street and you're concerned about them, you can call um, First Step, has an outreach team uh, at 617-592-6895, or you can call the Cambridge police at uh, 617-349-3300 is the non-emergency line. And they will come out and check on on a person and and help get them to shelter if they need to be there. The Winter Warming Center, which is in the uh, Cambridge Senior Center on Mass Ave, is a drop-in center where unsheltered adults can spend the night and be safe uh you know for being on the street during the winter the entrance is on green street uh and for that for the 2021-22 season runs from you know started december 1st but then runs through the end of may Uh, and so the the warming center is open from seven to seven seven days a week so if you need information on any of more of that information on that you can either is send an email to Sumble or myself, or you can call those numbers that I I already talked about.
0: Great, and final thing is up ahead, we have MLK Weekend, uh, MLK uh, Junior Day um, Monday. And so the offices, our libraries, the senior centers will be closed. Um, There'll be no side service and payments at parking meters and parking pay stations uh, will not be requ- re- required uh, and but but the good news is the free covid-19 testing at city sites will occur as scheduled. And
1: yeah, I was excited to see that cuz it's like we're still in the middle of this so I'm glad right. that's still happening.
0: Same. We will have a there's a community walk happening at Starlight um, on Monday. So we've we can I've tweeted some information on that. That's been organized by um, a whole host of community partners. And that starts at 1230 on Monday.
1: I'm so bummed that again this year we are not gathering together, you know, doing those community service projects as a community. It's always so nice to see everybody kind of come together and Um, you know, make valentines and make emergency room kits for kids or, you know, know. food drive. And I just feel like, gosh, what a bummer that this, again, this January, we're not doing this. So um, big props to Lori Lander and her team over at Many Helping Hands for putting on um, some virtual events for people. And if you want to host your own food drive, if you want to host your own valentine 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 making party. Uh, there's ways to do that on the Many Helping Hands website, and I'm sure that Lori and her team would love to have more folks involved. So, you know, if you if you have time to do something like that this weekend, but really in the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. um and com- community service, anything that you can do this weekend in honor of his memory would be appreciated. The Cambridge community always always comes through. I have to say, they do a yeah. great job.
0: And hopefully next month, next year we'll be in person.
1: I mean, but, here's hoping.
0: <laughs> here's hoping. Well, happy Friday, everyone. I hope you have a great um, weekend ahead and take care of yourselves.
1: Take care of yourselves. And uh, if you need anything or if you want to tweet at us, I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N.
0: And I'm at Mayor Siddiqui.
1: And if you have movie recommendations, book recommendations, TV recommendations or recommendations for the show, don't haul back, let us know, but we're glad you joined us today. Thanks for being here and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.